0: Professor Skaperdas, thank you for joining us today on Austin Hellenic Radio. Uh,
1: Thank you for inviting me.
0: To begin, tell us about yourself and your
1: work. Well, I'm professor of economics at the University of California at Irvine,
0: and my areas of
1: expertise are economic theory and political economy, but I have also been involved recently with the Eurozone and the Greek debt crisis, and I've written a few things on that, a few items.
0: There's been numerous austerity measures that have been implemented by the government, cuts to salaries, cuts to pensions. Tell us what the impact has been on the Greek people and on a Greek economy as a result of the measures that have been implemented.
1: Well, the measures, I mean, it's almost a depression at this point. You have higher than 18% unemployment according to official statistics and given that a lot of Greeks are self employed and there might not be some of them might be extremely underemployed and they're not counted in the statistics. GDP this year alone might go down to by seven percent. Since the beginning of the recession you might have something like fifteen percent reduction by early next year. And what is happening is that actually who those who can list uh, for this uh, poor people are bearing the brand of this uh, and and Greece had become more unequal over the has become over the past twenty thirty years or so. So that has been pretty devastating, but uh, even worse is the fact that there does not seem to be any end in sight, because what is called internal devaluation, trying to make the country more competitive by reducing wages and prices. It has been tried in many countries, but it usually doesn't work. I mean, not usually. Never, to my knowledge, it has never worked. Starting with Britain in the 1920s, when they tried to do something similar to get back to the gold standard. The gold standard is similar to the, like Greece trying to stay in the eurozone. It was uh, unemployment over 20%. And finally, when Britain went back to the gold standard, the Great Depression hit and they had to get out again. So all the pain was for nothing. And I think it's similar with Greece now. It's going through a pain, through a process of uh, reduction in income that is actually. Destroying the productive capacity of the, of the country, from companies going out of business, uh, small businesses. Uh, there is no credit available because this is associated with um, a reduction of credit too, because uh, banks are not doing well, and there is no uh, and the money supply is controlled from Frankfurt, the European Central Bank and the money supply is controlled with the interests of the bigger eurozone countries instead of Greece. So All the major decisions are being made outside Greece and without uh, much choice then, given that when you're a part of the Eurozone, that's how things uh, are. And actually, that face was shown, that very severe, very austere face of the Eurozone has been revealed over the past uh, year and a half, and it's increasingly revealed as extremely brutal.
0: And aside from the economic crisis that has plagued Greece, we've also seen a political crisis in the past few weeks as well, and we've seen a change in the country's leadership. Do you believe that this change in the leadership will turn around the direction that the country is going in?
1: Well, there is a crisis of legitimacy that of the government, despite the fact that it was elected by, with a successive austerity measures that he has taken over a year and a half. The previous government became less and less popular. And whereas the new government under um, uh, an economist, I uh, call him a technocrat, there is hope, uh, created hope uh, in Europe and some in Greece, and I don't think this uh, hope will be, this would be short lived, uh, it will not have much of an effect, because they're going to take the same measures as the previous government was taken, plus it's supposed to take some measures that will compromise tremendously the country's ability to do better in the future in the following way, by agreeing, by ratifying and tentative agreement that was made on October 26th, uh, not in uh, Cancun, by the Eurogroup, I'm sorry. What is this supposed to do? It's supposed to reduce Greece's debt in name, but it will not really reduce it. If it reduces it by 10%, I would be surprised, and that is not viable. It's not viable debt according to any kind of independent analyst you talk to. So that's one of the things. It would supposed to ratify this agreement, and this agreement will turn the bulk of Greek debt from being under, issued under Greek law to be issued under British English law. And that will make very much more difficult for Greece to default on that debt. And in addition, in case that Greece exits the Eurozone, which is highly likely to occur regardless of whether... It's up to Greece or to the government or not, because the eurozone might actually shrink a lot and might be beyond Greece's ability to stay and, or it might be a choice. It would be very difficult to convert the debt from euros into the new currency, the drachmas. When it is under still Greek law, it could convert the debt to its national currency, which was the euro before, it will be the new drachma. So that is a very serious decision. If they make that decision, many Greeks, even now, think that this will be a major, almost treason. It's considered treasonous to do that, and it could be argued that it would be treasonous because it's, uh, it converts something that you know, it will be against the long-term interests of the country. So that's uh, why there is apprehension. People, uh, they, people initially had hope. But there is a lot of apprehension, and there is, even within the parties that support this uh, this new government, there is not complete support, and I'm not sure how they would deal in Parliament if they were to vote for this conversion of debt from Greek law to English law. So, in addition, the government would have to take uh, additional measures of uh, austerity measures, uh, cutbacks that will lead to increasing to even more unemployment than now is. And this process uh, what is called the process of debt deflation almost never ends uh, and what it would lead to is since there will be such uh, since there are already high levels of unemployment and they will continue to increase all the young and all the able and educated and skilled workers who can find jobs abroad will emigrate out of Greece. So if that happens, then you will have also a demographic decline, a reduction, a demographic decline in terms of reduction in population, but also in terms of the further aging of the population. And you will have an older population that is less productive, needier, smaller, that would have to pay a huge debt burden that might be in euros and might not be able to convert into anything. Plus, you are going to have, because in order to ensure that this debt is paid back, you're going to have European and German officials and Greek ministries and key ministries and all the decisions will be made by foreigners without any semblance of democracy, of national sovereignty for whoever is left in Greece, all the old and the infirm. This will be an economic, demographic, social and national disaster if this continues.
0: Recently, you've been featured in The New York Times and The Guardian on NPR and elsewhere with a possible solution for this crisis, which is a call for Greece to default on its debt, to exit the eurozone and to return to its own currency, to the drachma. Why do you believe that this will be beneficial for Greece?
1: Well, I just gave you earlier the alternative that is facing Greece, which is what I just said is a, a catastrophe, a, a national catastrophe, that will uh, just uh, empty the country of a, any able uh, working uh, and, uh, individual who can leave the country. And so that's sort of the alternative. The other alternative, what I mentioned, is default on Greece's initiative. Greece has, uh, since uh, the bulk of its debt is under Greek law, If Greece defaults, it will be Greek courts that will decide what will happen with them. So default is uh, not a good option under any circumstances in general, but you have in modern markets and capitalism, what you have default is the way uh, you have creditors being disciplined to make sure that they make good decisions, they lend money to those who are able to repay, and uh, they didn't pay much attention in the case of Greece and what was going on over the past 10 years. So it's both efficient from an economic point of view and actually fair as well is that when you have bad risks defaulting, uh, that's what happens. That's what happens with corporations, that's what happens with individuals, that's how modern capitalism uh, renews it itself. So that would not would be an alternative then that will reduce the debt in ways that will make it viable in the long run. But because Greek banks as well will fail and Greek pension funds, and because in order for the country to gain competitiveness, which it cannot do through this process of internal devaluation, international competitiveness, and in order to be able to supply... To have an independent money supply that will restore credit and liquidity within the economy, within its internal markets, and especially within its small and medium business sectors. So, that will increase liquidity, will start the markets working, and it will create uh, the, the, the new drachma, will depreciate. So, the exports will become more uh, cheaper abroad for Greece, and tourism will be. Stimulated as a result, Impor- imports will become more expensive, they will be reduced and partly replaced by domestic production, this will start employment picking up again. And this is the process of adjustment that takes place in all economies. I mean, they are able to adapt to economic shocks, to recessions and other things that bring, knock the country out of work. That's how it happens. And otherwise, we would all have the same international, the same currency, the dollar or the euro. So the euro is a straitjacket that is not, has proven to be disastrous for Greece and it looks like it is also for other countries, uh, increasingly a larger number of countries. It was an experiment that was noble in some ways, but its architects, uh, Jacques Delors and Mitterrand and Kohl, thought of it as a backdoor way of introducing political integration, making actually the Eurozone into a single state, a single country like the United States of Europe. But this project... While the project of the Euro took off the ground, the political unification never took off. So you have this this disconnect then between having one currency, one monetary policy, but 17 different very non-homogeneous different culturally and politically and economically different countries. And that simply has never worked in the past and it would have been surprising if it were to work again unless there was rapid political integration unless there was common fiscal policy, common bank supervision and deposit insurance like we have in the U.S. Imagine sort of having a, a single currency but having completely fragmented, not having a federal government that has a tax in your spending. And I could give you examples of what would happen in the U.S. if you didn't have that uh, common fiscal policy and common bank supervision and all these aspects of it.
0: So. There's been some criticisms to the idea that the best option for Greece is to return to its old currency and to default on its debts. There's been some criticisms, for instance, that basic necessities that are imported, such as oil, will become prohibitively expensive. There's other people that fear that uh, the Greek people will panic and will make a run on the banks. And an economist that we spoke to recently here on Austin Hellenic Radio, Yanis Varoufakis, argued that it would create a two-tier economic system where people that have euros stashed away will benefit at the expense of people who do not have access to euros and who are getting paid in a devalued currency, such as the drachma. How would you respond to these criticisms?
1: Well, that is happening already within the Eurozone, Greece within the Eurozone, because most people now cannot afford, because their incomes have gone down so much, and they have no employment, they have no income at all, they cannot afford heating oil for the winter. I mean, that's not uh, any much different than having the currency devalued and having it more expensive. The difference would be that these people who at least would have jobs. They will be, it would be more expensive, but at least they could afford some of it but now you have a large number of the large number of the population having no access to oil or anything. You will have uh, you have this uh, duality that is mentioned that will bring will be brought about by a new currency. You already have it, and what you have, and, and, and the problem is that this uh, solution of staying the course is no solution because there is no light at the end of the tunnel. Nobody can say when this is going to end. So it's not the situation with a drug. is by no means a panacea. It will be a painful situation, but mostly that situation will be difficult in the short run, meaning in the three to six months where the adjustment is taking place. Afterwards, after the adjustment is made, they will not be much different than how Greece was used to be before the introduction of the euro in 2002. Greece had problems with that. But it was not a disaster like it faces now. Greece had never had the problems of this type of unemployment and deprivation when it had the drachma, because that was devaluation and this way of doing things was actually a way of avoiding, precisely avoiding this high level of unemployment. So. I see a lot of, uh, actually, there's a lot of scaremongering, fearmongering about the drachma that it will be a complete catastrophe and everything. There will be problems in the short run, but a lot will depend how much preparation is made, secretly so, by the Central Bank of Greece and by the ministries. And what you're gonna uh, and and whether and what kind of government you have once things change, what would be important is to have the government to have legitimacy, which uh, does not seem to have now. You need to have belief in the population that those who govern the country have the interests of the population in mind, those who elected them. Instead of having trying to look good to the European bodies, what the previous government did not even make any attempt at the bargaining, getting better terms from the deals. so and it imposed these uh, these measures in a way that was uh, like a, like, almost like a foreign government. So it's important. The government that implements the change is a, a true coalition government that includes almost all parties in parliament. And this way it creates the hope that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And there is always, in the long run, there is no doubt among economists. I mean, any, any independent economist, you talk to, if you talk to economists in the U.S. from Feldstein, uh, who is a Republican, to Roderick and Rogoff, uh, to even Krugman and others, I mean, across the political spectrum, they will tell you it does not make sense not to have the adjustment that is done through your own independent currency. Independent, the vast majority of independent economists and observers see that. Many economists within Greece and the Eurozone are emotionally connected or even connected through different kinds of interests in maintaining the Eurozone and maintaining the current status quo. And I, I would say also that there is high likelihood, no matter what Greece does, that the Eurozone would not exist the way it exists today. It might be much smaller, it might include only Germany and the northern countries, it might not even include France within two years, or it could be next month, the way things are going, the attacks on the bond markets of of France and even the Netherlands, and unless the European Central Bank intervenes uh, within the next week, who knows what could happen? So the eurozone would not exist. So it's important for Greece to protect itself anyway. Even even if you don't believe, if you believe to the last moment, until the last moment that you want to stay in the eurozone, still you would want to prepare for the event that the eurozone breaks up, and you are forced to get out of it anyway. So it's important to prepare and, and make uh, that's that's the most important thing I think for governments and especially government agencies to do now behind the scenes. It's important to do that. It will be completely irresponsible not to prepare for it now.
0: And I think the issue that you're raising is very significant because in many ways, in reading the international media and the press accounts of the Greek crisis over the past two years or so, many people have characterized the press coverage as using Greece as a scapegoat of sorts for a wider economic problem, a wider financial problem. And a lot of things have been said about Greece and the Greek people. Everything from Greece didn't deserve to enter the Eurozone or lied to enter the Eurozone, or that the Greek people are lazy and corrupt, and that this is their just rewards, their the punishment that they deserve for this. I mean, how would you respond to these characterizations and to Greece being, in many ways, portrayed as the scapegoat for this crisis? Well, let's
1: suppose that Greece did not exist, or it had no problems. Would the Eurozone have no problems and the world would not have problems? No. We have seen... That Starting with Ireland, for example, Ireland was the most fiscally responsible country in the Eurozone, yet it got into trouble. Why did it get into trouble? The main reason is that we have fragmented bank supervision. So Ireland was the completely opposite of Greece, and yet it got into trouble. Then Portugal, Spain, Italy. Now you have other countries that are Cyprus also and Slovenia, it's not in the press very much, and of course, you have the attacks on France and the Netherlands and Belgium on the bond markets. There is a structural problem in the Eurozone. There are actually two problems. One problem is the Eurozone, and the other problem is the international financial system that was not fixed after its failure in 2008. Those are two almost cancers that have to be cured for the world economy. So the problem is not Greece. It's a structural problem of the Eurozone along with the problem with the international financial system. Now, Greece has its problems. It needs to reform its public sector, but not more so than compared to a country like Italy or, any, or many of the other countries in the Eurozone. I mean, there might be some egregious or more egregious uh, examples of problems for Greece, but it's not. Qualitatively much different. One reason that Greece has a higher higher debt, a little bit higher debt than other countries, is that it has much higher uh, defense expenditures. And these expenditures are a lot of it goes to France and Germany to buy tanks and to buy frigates and other sort of military equipment. One of the problems is a lot of it can be explained by the excess defense expenditures that Greece has. Now, in terms of laziness of Greeks and so on, well, according to the European Union's own statistics and the OECD, the Organization for Economic Development, uh, Cooperation and Development Statistics, Greeks work a lot more hours than Germans and work almost more than anybody else in the European Union. So according to that, according to official statistics, and if you go, you you might go, somebody might go in Greece in August and see Greeks take time off. But this is no more than Germans do, and that, that's not how Greeks behave the rest of the year. They have to work hard. So these stereotypes and this uh, populist anger, especially in northern Europe and places like Germany, actually served a purpose of diverting attention from the real problems. Diverting attention within Germany, for example, from the fact that, this, that, that the governments there made a deal over the past year that, that wages have not gone up. And people are a bit uh, upset about that, and they can blame the Greeks for that. The profligate, lazy Greeks uh, and sort of divert attention from the real problems. And what you have instead is that the money that Greece receives from the so-called bailout mostly goes back to the bondholders as principal and interest in debt. So it's a laundering of while the common Greeks have suffered a lot. And they have suffered more than they deserve, given that sort of what they have gone through. Uh, they are not perfect. There are some people who are corrupt, of course. And especially the political class is really isolated from the troubles of the population and doesn't seem to be sensitive to... What has been going on? Uh, other things, because they are actually well off. They are pretty insulated. What is going on in the rest of the country? If there is anybody to blame among the Greeks, is the political class, the two, the politicians of the two main parties, the elites that are doing that, because they are the ones that actually, with the eurozone, they could borrow more cheaply, and they dismantled the, the elite uh, tax collection service. They did other things that they were not doing it even before when Greece had its own currency. So I think it's a failure of them rather than uh, the population as a whole. Now, there was some part of the population, of course, had fallen into a kind of exhibitionist consumer kind of culture that you have and that's sort of also something that it would be good for Greece to get away from it in many ways because that's not uh, something that is, it, it created problems in the society as a whole though, that uh, you had people who were not necessarily productive who might have been making money through other means and that was not a good thing.
0: As a final question, you indicated that the future of the eurozone as a whole is in some jeopardy. What do you feel would happen to the European and to the global economy if we see the eurozone collapse and the euro disappears as a currency?
1: Well, it's not clear that it will... I mean, I'm not saying that it will disappear as a currency, but it would be much smaller
0: than it now is.
1: So it could disappear. That's also a possibility in the sense that you have now, the 17 countries have each one of them having their own currency. That's possible, too. But it's, it, it might, a smaller eurozone might be more politically and economically viable. But the effects on the world economy will not be good, no matter what happens, I think. Whether uh, whether it's Greece that starts it, or uh, Italy, or uh, Portugal, or there will be Bank of America gets into trouble, or Societe Generale, the French, uh, French Bank, uh, gets into trouble. What will happen? Already, what we are seeing is that interbank lending is drying up. And that's the interbank lending is an integral part of the international financial system. That's what happened after Lehman Brothers collapsed in September fifteenth, two thousand eight. And that's the uh, trouble. In addition, you have what is called credit default swaps. So you have insurance on Greek debt, on on every debt. And this credit default swap, this insurance nobody knows who has bought and who owes that payments in the event of the default of a country? And this creates additional uncertainty about who is solvent and who is insolvent, given that you don't know who holds uh, what kind of credit default swap contracts, CDS contracts. And that introduces an additional element of, that will, can clog up the international financial markets you will have probably collapse of financial institutions in Europe, starting with France, that will have to be taken over by the government. The question is how will the European Central Bank support that and what will happen in the U.S. as well because this will migrate into the U.S. financial system very very quickly because everything is interconnected and because you might have a lot of American financial
0: institutions
1: only owing money on credit default swaps. And they might owe enough money that they might be insolvent. And that will be a case where the Lehman Brothers collapse would be a, a, a small, sort of a much smaller event, much less dangerous event, what will happen if we have this collapse. So, and that, of course, will have an effect on the economy as well. That might be worse than what happened in 2008. So the prospects are not very good, in my view, of uh, one way or another. There might be, if it's not Greece, it will be another event, another symptom of the problems of what I mentioned earlier, the international financial system and the Eurozone that will precipitate another financial crisis that is likely to be bigger than the one precipitated by the Lehman Brothers collapse, and the effects on the global economy will be even bigger than them. I mean, that's sort of a scenario that is more likely than not.
0: Professor Skaperedas? Thank you very much for your analysis and for taking the time to speak with us today on Austin Hellenic Radio. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you.